Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. to Bulls Gold here on the Barroom Network. I'm Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim to the Wallace. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Are you good? Like you had uh, choked up there a little bit. You just excited <laughs> was, to be I, on the mic again? Or? <laughs> I was getting ready to say welcome to the Barroom Network <laughs> uh, hosted by Bulls Gold <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yeah, I was, just, I was gonna have it like all the way twisted. Like people are just gonna be so confused. But yes, this, this is Bulls Gold on the Barroom Network, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm good, man. Like, yeah, the uh, Bulls are 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 playing well. Mm-hmm. They were like ten and five since Pat Bev. The Pat Bev effect is in full effect. Yes, if you if you will. Um, yeah, they've been uh, they've been taking care of business. I'm I'm so waiting for them to get back to like five hundred before I'm fully back on board. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, but you can't deny they're they're playing really good basketball. Like it's not, you know, they 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 aren't having disappointing letdown losses. Like like mm. the Philly blowout it is what it is. Like you know, you have a team that's a, a, a title contender that just after taking a t- taking a tough loss against them and they come back the next game and they're like, you know what, we we're, we're the better team and we just had to go out there and put our foots on the throat mm. type of thing. Um, but out, outside of that, I mean, you can't really say that this team has had a bad loss. Like they've had some, you know, blowing leads and stuff, but as opposed to the, what's happened, like when they blow those leads and, the, and those turns into losses, mm. they've been able to hold on even like, you know, the other team makes a run and, and makes it close like that Miami game, for example, um, you know, Miami made a run back in and, and it got a little close. And then all of a sudden the Bulls just, you know, were able to finish them off still and, and, and get the W. But right. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, you know, a lot of the good is 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 happening. Yeah, it's it's like we were talking on the last show, like this Sixers game on Wednesday was the first game that they were absolutely not in at any point uh, in March. And even if you go back to the Suns game that they lost by 20-something, they were in that game in the second half, in the third. It just fell apart. So they've been playing good basketball. Like you said, the Pat Bev effect is very real. He is playing – he's been really solid on and off the court, it seems like, for this Bulls team and giving you really everything you could potentially ask for. 
And now we're getting memes from him too that are going to be memorable, right. memorable for a long time. So uh, he did, he did, the, he did the too small on LeBron. Did the too small <laughs> on LeBron, and then we got the the you stink, the pu to Shannon Sharp yeah. on the sideline. I mean, these are these are fun things that like that you just kind of miss about watching the Bulls, where you just get to see some antics. Like, just having a wild card like Pat Bev has definitely been entertaining, especially considering where we've been this season. And now the Bulls are a few games away from 500. If I had sound effects, I would play some sort of applause. I don't know, but if that excites anyone, I'm very glad. (laughs) But this team is playing really solid basketball, and yeah, we we have a lot to discuss with that. So uh, joining us to discuss what has been a really good month for Chicago Bulls and a relatively good week as well, he's one of our good buddies. We've had him on the show plenty of times. He always has entertaining takes. He always has knowledgeable takes, accurate takes. He's just a, a very accurate, knowledgeable basketball mind in general. Again, one of our good pals. He co-hosts the Swish Theory podcast with Chris Albinson. He's also a regional scout for Cerebro Sports. Lero Golden. Lero, what's up, man? How you doing today, man? Man, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you for that dope-ass intro. Like, I really appreciate you, man. Uh, Y'all. But before we move on, can we talk about LeBron saying that he went to the LeBron James of feet to, he to, went to, to the, make sure he went he to the, good. He went to the second best foot doctor in the world? Not? <laughs> <laughs> like, LeBron Why did you go to the second so- best, man? Should have gone to the Michael Jordan foot doctors. Not, no, not LeBron. Seriously, <laughs> man. Hey, LeBron is wild, man. It, rem- like, it reminds me of that one time he got poked in the eye and he hit the game winning shot and he's like, oh, I just I just aimed for the rim. It was in the middle. Like, it's just like <laughs> he, he is, he is something, man. Like LeBron is something. There's no, there's no knocking his greatness. But my God, that guy could be something sometimes, man. But I, hey, I, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm on. It's been, you know, uh, it's one thing to write about the Bulls. It's another thing to like just, just let it out, you know, and talk about. It, you know, so I appreciate right. y'all, man. Hey, hey, no problem, man. We, you know, we love having you on, man. These, these episodes are always some of our favorite. And yo, we we get into it. So we we get into all all sides of the bull spectrum right now. And I, I think we've had shows in the past where it's been like, man, it's hard talking about this team. And we're trying to like scrape the 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 bottom of the bag of chips to find some good things to talk about. But right now we're in a really ple- pleasant place, I would say, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would yeah, I would definitely say that, man. Um you guys kind of alluded to it uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, and my goodness, man, Pat, Patrick Beverly has been, man, you know, like he ain't Joaquin Noah. I ain't never going to get it twisted. But like he has that that feel that like he's not going to let these guys just play down to the competition, his, mm-hmm. his energy. Like imagine, like I remember, you know, I'm sure we we all remember, like against Detroit, and, you know, he gets beat middle, but he's expecting Vooch to be there and Vooch is not there. And he gets on him and Vooch is probably like, yo, you're the you're the new guy. How you talking to me? And you're the new guy. Mm. But like fast forward. And this is the same guy that's taking charges on Joel Embiid. Like, <laughs> you know, like 
how many guys are going to do that? Like, that's the type of stuff that, like, one, energizes your team because you're like, hold on, Pat just took a charge on Joel? Yeah. Like, he he's willing to put his body on the line, and he's he, since he's been here, he continues to show these guys that, like, I know I talk a lot, but I'm going to back it up. You know, whether that's playing hard on defense, whether that's, you know, being prepared, one of the most prepared guys on the floor, whether that's being one of the better smaller guard screeners in the game, you know, like, he's he's just been so cool to, to watch every single day, like, Obviously, you see the games on TNT, you see the games on ESPN, and there's things he says, and then there's the the, the push in the back to, to Chris Paul and da da da. But like <clears throat> seeing him every single game, like I think I've grown an appreciation for the type of player he is. Is yeah, he's got a big mouth, he talks, but he's also the same guy that will do anything for his teammates. Hmm. You know, so it, it it's it's been really cool to see Patrick Beverly man on this Bulls team. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's he's brought an energy to the to them for sure. Um, and it's kind of been like shows you the how important role players are in today's league. Like, um, obviously it didn't work out that well for him in LA. Um, and he alluded to like c- complaining about it too, like how after one bad after every bad game or whatever, like LA fans say you suck and and Chicago fans are much more appreciative. Uh but in general, like, you know, maybe playing for Chicago as his hometown has kind of rejuvenated him too. Um, and like I said, you know, just having a good role player into that, into adding that type of player into the rotation for Billy Donovan, who mm. who really, you know, kind of looking for someone off that off that bench or even on in, in the starting lineup, because that obviously he's been starting for them, uh, to give that consistent role alongside Caruso as far as like a four general on the defensive end. Um that's been that's been major. That's definitely been major. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I like what both of you guys are saying that he's he's added an edge. He's added an energy to this team. It's like your big brother coming to play with you in some basketball to like handle the, the bigger kids on the court. Like he, he's giving you something that you just didn't have before a little bit of security, some toughness, some experience. We're seeing all of the reasons why Pat Bev has been on these playoff teams and been such a valuable player. Like it, it goes beyond the numbers and he's been such a big part of what this team is doing. And like we talked about last show, and I, I don't know what the current numbers are, but this team, the the, the current starting lineup with uh, Pat, uh, Caruso, uh, Demar, Zach, and uh, Vooch, it's had a, a like plus twenty net rating or something like that, at least at the time of last week. So it's been one of the better starting lineups, or one of the better better lineups in the league uh, since Pat Bev joined the Bulls, which is just crazy to think about. So it, it's taken until March, but. This team finally has some sort of consistency that they can rely on on the floor. And it's giving us what we were hoping, at least in an optimistic case from this Bulls team this season. Yeah, I, I yeah, no, man, oh, I totally. Oh, my, my bad, Salim. Um, no, no, no. I, Go ahead. I, I just like I think you're so right, man, because I think before the Patrick Beverly and even when he was signed, like. Like, as much as I like them and, you know, I, I try, I rock with the Chicago guys. Like, I was like, man, I just can't see this, you know, helping this team turn around. Like, it's time to really, you know, try to tank and or, or just, you know, put the ball in the younger guys' hands more and just see where it ends up. Like, but 
you know, and, and part of me still kind of feels that way. Um, but like at the same time, when you watch this team play uh, and, and shoot in the last, what, 15 games, like mm-hmm. it's tough to, to, to feel, you know, that way still, because like, I, it's been fun. I mean, like Pat, Pat Bev is not Lonzo ball, you know, but like he gives you right. that. He gives you a defensive presence, you know, like he's not six, 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 seven with a long wingspan, but he competes, man. And he's really good. He's, he's got that. Um, he's not Caruso level, but he has that same kind of like when they're when him and Caruso on the floor together, they just read each other so well. If Caruso leaves and helps like he takes Caruso's guy. They both communicate really well with each other. And, you know, if you prime example, if you watch the first Philly game um, when James Harden was playing, like he frustrated the heck out of James Harden, man. Mm-hmm. And he did a really good job at the point of attack. And he, he, I mean, he just frustrated James. And, and it's like, that, that's, that's, the, he, he helps this team because he, he's still a really good point of attack defender. He just may not be that guy that can bounce around and you guard the, the Julius Randles and things like that. But, but he can, he can, he can still compete. And I just really like what Pat Bev brings to this team. You, you know, late game, you can still trust him to handle the ball, bring the ball up and allow DeMar or Zach to come off pin downs and, and, you know, they've been doing a really this really cool thing that that, uh, that well, you know, action that the, um, every team that uh, every team that Kevin Durant has been on, they, they do this thing where they'll have a, a screen at the block or they'll have a screen like in the middle of the court where it, they call it a choice, you know, where he has his choice. If he can come off the, the baseline screen and catch the ball on the baseline or if he can come, he can, he can get, get. They call a gut screen in the middle of the court. And he in the middle of the paint, he can come off and catch, and he's in a position that he would like to be in at all times. Instead of having to come up the court, break it down the defense, and then get to a spot, then pump fake. Like now, he's able to come off those screens and catch, turn, and now he's able to use all his energy to to get to you know he's already in his spot. So now it's about choosing: do I want to do a sidestep or do I want to get this guy in the, up in the air? And all of that is being done while he hasn't even taken a dribble yet. So it's like he's helped in so many other ways and we've already talked and Shaleem has talked about it a ton where like, yeah, Zach Levine can run some pick and rolls. Sure. He can, he can do some of that, but like Zach Levine is his best when he can come off a screen or he can, he can just score, just worry about scoring. And that's when you get the best Zach is when he's, he's aggressive as a scorer and then defenses start to show show help more. And he's good enough passer to find that extra pass. Right. And, and it's it, it's all a connective thing. Pat Bev does a good job of pick and roll or he'll keep his dribble alive and he'll throw a nice little dump off pass to Vooch. And now Vooch is in a spot where you can use, you shoot his touch shot like it, Pat Bev is not like I said, it's not Lonzo Ball, but he helps connect certain things. And um, it, it's really cool to, to watch them, man. It's really cool to watch him, especially with him being a Chicago born guy, man. It's really cool to see him bring that success to this team. You know, I want to talk about the, the the defensive and offensive improvements a little bit more too, just because, like, so the like you mentioned the last fifteen games, and I just want to 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 people listening. Um, so the last fifteen games, the Bulls rank eleventh on offense, um, and that's and that's a big improvement from where they are on the season because on the season they're like at the bottom twenty. Uh, but in the last 15 games, the offense has been booming and then they've been able to work better. And then on defense has been like, obviously the big 
I mean, the defense has been pretty consistent all season. Like, it's been good. But it's been absolutely great uh, the last 15 games. And they're second overall um, in the, on defensive end. Uh, like, let's start with the defensive end, especially with the addition of Pat Bev. And you've alluded to, obviously, and, and something that I've mentioned as well, obviously, he's not Lonzo. Um, but I've, I've felt like he allows Billy to do some of the things on the defensive end that he was allowed to do when, when he had both Caruso and Lonzo on the floor together. And it's the same kind of way with Pat Bev and Caruso on the floor together. Uh, what other things have you seen, Dolero, like as far as the defensive scheme, uh, the stuff that they're doing, especially with the rise of Pat uh, Patrick Williams defensively uh, that you've seen more so that maybe we didn't see earlier in the season? Well, I think one of the things that, you know, that he does really well is when Caruso is off the court and he's on, when you would look like when you would lose, well, lose Caruso due to injury, or you would lose Caruso just, you know, for him being subbed and getting, getting a break, you would lose that communicator. And, and you are, you you'll hear it through the TV sometimes, you know, before Pat Bev got there, like if Caruso was on the floor, these guys were quiet as, you know, the church mouse, you know, like there's nobody talking. And then when something that bad happens now, they're looking at each other. Oh, you're supposed to be. No, 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 no. That the one thing that Pat Bev that I've noticed so far, he's going to keep you accountable because he's going to say something. He's not just going to allow something to continue to happen. He's going to say something. And if you don't like it, he doesn't care because he knows it's not, it's not personal. We're trying to win a ball game because we're trying to win. And, and, and that's one of the things that I love about Pat Bev is because now you have two of them. When you have Caruso and Pat Bev on the, on the floor together, there ain't no way that Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan and Vooch should have an out. No, no, no. You got two guys that know this game to a T and they're going to do, they're going to let you know what's up. They're going to, they're going to tell you when a ball screen's coming, where the ball screen is coming from. And it's just really fun to see, man. And, and, I think they've been able to be aggressive um, in ball screen actions because both uh, Pat Bev and Caruso can really move really well off ball and and connect everything. And I think it's really helped Patrick because now he can just be that on-ball guy. And I mean, I'm sorry, that guy that can be kind of multifaceted. They, they don't need him to just be a big wing guy. Like they, now, you know, with Pat Bev and Caruso, they can do, they can basically switch all over and, Obviously, they don't want to switch, you know, Pat Bev onto onto like a, like I said, like a Julius Randle or anything. But like if it's if it's if it's a guy that a little a wiry uh, wing that that isn't you know some big 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 wing strong forward, like they can they can do some things differently. They can like for instance, like against Philly, I'll bring up again, like Pat uh, Pat Will was on Maxi, you know, and that, that's a probably a matchup that you would want you know, Pat Bev or Caruso to take on. But since you can, since you have Pat Bev out there, you can have Pat Bev guard somebody else that isn't that big of a uh, offensive threat. And now he can help off and be that, that connector, that kind of roamer in a way. And you can use Patrick Williams length in a different way, rather than just using it for a big wing. Now you can use his length for a guard because now you know that you have another guy behind you in terms of Pat Bev that, that will make that next rotation and, 
and read something before it happens and get a hand on a ball. Or, or even if it's not him, he can be that guy that could be a quarterback behind Patrick and tell, hey, Vooch, step over a little bit more. Or, hey, Damar, come in a little bit more. So now you have that quarterback as well outside of Caruso. And, um, man, I mean, it's it's really cool to see when it went down. So – we're and these, all of these things that you're saying right now are spot on. So it, it it's it, it's talking about how the dynamic of this team has completely changed, especially now with this new level of accountability and just general experience that you're adding to the starting lineup. So when you, when you when you look at the Bulls' current playoff push, right, and well play in push, right. So when when you consider this new dynamic of this team and how this team has been playing in March, it's almost a completely different scenario of where this team was at last season you would almost say in a way that and even though the Bulls record isn't great but you would almost say that hey this team is peaking at the right time right now like they're going into all of this with momentum a team that like a a a structure of a team that they really preferred now with Patrick Beverly doing filling in like a lot of that gap that Lonzo Ball left on the team so let me start with you Lero how do you feel about this team assuming that they do hold on to this uh, play-in spot how do you feel about their chances in the play-in this team like you could probably argue that this team is probably in the best position of these play-ins like you wouldn't want to play the Chicago Bulls team right now in a play-in game with the way they've been playing in March especially with the numbers that Salim uh was just rattling off so how, how would you feel about this team in a playing game now? Do you expect all of this to translate during all of that? I, so I am, I mean, maybe, maybe this might be too rose colory, but I'm actually pretty, I don't want to get maybe confidence too strong, but I feel really good about their chances in the plan because before we got Pat Bev, there was a lot of onus like for, 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 uh, Caruso and Pat Will to be stellar on the defensive end. And I think Patrick Williams has really been good, really, really, really good on the defensive side of the ball. No matter if, if people want, or, you know, not being a 20 point scorer, like uh, the, the guy, you know, like, you know, he, he is really good defensively now and he's only going to get better. But the thing is, is now you have three guys. Now you have three guys that you can put in a lineup that you can, you know, that can, that can, so for instance, Pat Bev can be a spacer. Yeah. You know, like he's not, again, he's not Lonzo, but he can still shoot the three, right? Patrick Williams can space the floor. Caruso has been shooting the ball a little bit better recently. And he also is somebody that is a really good advantage creator. Like you have three pieces and, 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 and throw in Kobe. I know we were probably going to talk about Kobe in a little bit as well, Mm -hmm. but like, I think, one of the biggest things that offensively, especially in the playoffs, if you you got to have guys that can take advantage of mismatches, becomes a mismatch game. Um, and you have Zach Levine, you have Nikola Vucevic, and you have DeMar DeRozan. And you're, now you're not asking them to be some, you know, you're not asking them to be crazy. Uh, I mean, obviously you want them to be, you know, to try hard defensively, but now when you got Patrick Beverly, uh, Patrick Williams and Caruso that you can throw at different, uh, depending on the archetype of player or size of player, you have three guys you can kind of throw at those, those type of defensive uh, assignments or whatever. Now, now you, you, you have the, now the offense can be just kind of, you know, it can be uh, easier now. Now Zach Levine doesn't have to guard 
you know, Devin Booker or, he, or whoever he'll, you know, I'm just saying throwing off, a, throwing out a wing or I'm sorry, a guard. Like now Zach Levine doesn't have to, but he's been pretty good on ball as well. But like now you can say, hey, you know what, Zach, we kind of want you to be the guy that relaxes and is on the worst defend, worst offensive player on this team. And so you can have more of your uh, energy on offense now. Like I think they're going to be really good defensively. And I think now with the, you know, with Zach Levine being Zach Levine, mm-hmm. you know, and knock on wood, he doesn't get that get injured because, you know, that knee really hindered him in the playoffs. But I think I remember last season – I've, I've talked to Sleem about it uh, and, and Chris and, and you as well. Like we, we, we were, you know, kind of clamoring for Zach's first like shot to show the world. Like I can be a good player in the playoffs. I can mm-hmm. be, I can take that Devin Booker or, you know, Donovan Mitchell is pretty damn good nowadays, but like still like um, I think this is his, his, his second chance to go in there healthy and he's already, you know, being that efficient elite scorer, I think this is his chance to finally say, to fi- so let the league know, like, hey, yo, 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 like, I was injured last playoffs, but let me, let me, I'm healthy now. I'm feeling really, really good. Let me show you what Zach Levine can do when the lights are on, when, 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 the, when the chips are on the, on the table. Let me show you what it is. And um, I, I really am, I guess, I feel really good about their chances to come out of the play in and compete in the, in the playoffs. I'm with you. Like, I just don't want to get too sucked in because, like, I feel like every time I've done that this season, I've just been, like, gut-punched and, and like, it just been, like, uh, uh, you know, they, they've just, like, so disappointed it disappointed me. Um, like I said, you know, if they get back up to 500 and, and, and I mean, and I guess that's, what, two games, that's not going to be, like, a night and day difference, but I feel like I'll be more back into it, but it does, it does to a lot of the stuff Lero is saying right now. Like it does feel like when you look at the rest of the East, that the Bulls are the sixth best team in the East right now. Like the way they're playing. Um, obviously they're not, and they're not ranked at the sixth just because of uh, what happened before the Pat Bev tra- uh, acquisition at, at the buyout deadline. Um, but this, the way they're playing compared to how the Nets are playing, how the Heat are playing, how the Hawks are playing and how the Raptors are playing. Like, I feel like the Bulls are better than those teams, but obviously there's still a lot of time left um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, But like, it almost feels like that. I don't know how you guys kind of see, see it that way too, or or what what are your guys' thoughts on it? I'm I'm like you, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just like, man, we, we've been there before where we've been, reaching out to grab that sea red towel and then they just do something and you just pull back. But like, like you guys have said, it, it the, the dynamics of his team are different. Now there is more experience. They are playing better in general. They are communicating better. Zach Levine is healthy. He has been playing elite basketball as a score since the all-star break. We are going to talk about Kobe white soon, but Kobe white has been playing very good basketball and this team overall has a has a lineup that they can depend on that has been producing for the last month or so. So it, it does feel like this team is peaking at the right moment and that I would like their chances in a game against any of these teams that are in the play in right now. Like it, it feels like they can beat anyone in this play in situation. Now, we know what's going to happen if they get 
pass a play in and they get into the playoffs, then, you know, that's whatever. But who knows? Maybe they might even take a game or two. But I, I like the way this team is playing. And this is what we were kind of hoping for in the most optimist, optimistic scenario of this team this season. So if you have Zach playing like he is, if DeMar can reach into that bag and continue to play well, Vooch has been pretty solid this season offensively. Kobe has been playing really well. Pat has been shooting the ball well, playing solid defense. Like Caruso is Caruso. Pat Bev has been doing We've already been discussing his impact on this team. Like the eight, nine man rotation you can roll out in the playoffs, I think is is pretty damn solid. Yeah, no, I mean, I and I totally like don't get it twisted. I totally get what you mean, guys. Like in terms of like you don't want to get sucked back in, yeah. um, <laughs> and you know, I I'm, man, I totally get it. But like, there's something when I watch this team because like. I've been watching a lot of film on like high school players and, and uh, college players recently because of the big board and things like that for switch theory. But uh, when I watch the bulls, like it's, I, I kind of feel like it's trying to play composite basketball. Like they're, they're finally, you know, got the guys in the right spots. Like, you know, for instance, like I've, like I've always, like my critic, my critique of Billy, I've never said like he sucks, he's trash, like he needs to get out of here. It's it's not that. It's it, like I know I I know what his strength is. It's the defensive side of the ball, and it shows. My critique has always mm-hmm. been like you know let's try different things offensively. Why do we keep doing the side da 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 da? And what I like is it's not just stick Vooch in the middle of the floor and have him set ball screens anymore. Now we're actually seeing more often like because you would see it every now and then like Vooch coming off staggers and that now we're seeing DeMar DeRozan getting choice screens we're seeing Zach Levine come off wide pin downs we're seeing Zach Levine come off wide action we're seeing uh you know set we're seeing Kobe like that I don't want to get too far into Kobe because we haven't got there but like mm-hmm. one of the things about the Bulls like recently is I mean, I'm sorry, last season was like Zach Levine before injury. He was like the one guy that can really attack and get into the teeth of the paint and and, and, and make play, you know, skewed it out. We're seeing Kobe White get into the paint and find shooters or find a dump off pass or finishing over, uh, uh, finishing through contact. Like that is a huge development for this team mm. because outside of Zach Levine, you didn't really have that guy. Like, you didn't really have a guy that can break down and get into that de- get into the paint and cause a, a defense to get into rotation. And now Kobe White, ah oh man. But anyway, no. Um, it's just really been really cool to see different types of not even sets, just actions. You do diff- have Zach Levine come off different things. Like teams are worried about Zach Levine. Teams don't want to leave Zach Levine open for three. Teams don't want to you know let Zach Levine get you know hot they're trying to force him to do things so use him in some places use him as a decoy have him come off a stagger and have these have the defense have to communicate but also not not seeing that you know uh Vuce just set a screen but he also just pinned somebody under the basket and now he's wide open because everybody's you know eyes are at Zach Levine like that's what I'm talking about I'm not asking for him to be Kurt, Steve Kerr and, and run the .5 offense and have you know Zach Levine be Steph Curry no I'm just saying 
use let's use his gravity that he has as a movement shooter, as a, a spot up shooter, as somebody that can catch an attack off a dribble. Like use that attention that defenses have to show him and and leverage that for open looks or different looks for your other players. Mm. And we've been doing that. The Bulls have been doing that. And that's why I'm kind of chilling. I don't have much to say about Billy right now because he's been doing a good job. I don't know if he hired an offensive coordinator or something and we didn't know about it because they damn sure hired the, the extension yeah. for Billy. But, <laughs> but, but it's like they're doing a better job. And I'm, I'm really happy about that, you know. So that that's – that's why I'm feeling. You're saying the uh, yeah. they added they added an offensive coordinator with the secret extension that was a part of the terms, right? <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you you bring up the offensive improvements and and you 100 percent right. Like we're seeing a lot more like actions and flares that they added in. Uh, Billy's using obviously for Zach, um, and I don't know how much that has to do with having another like ball handler on the floor and a guy like Pat Bev. Obviously, Pat Bev is not like your know, traditional point guard, um, if you will, but he is a guy that is in in the same sense as Caruso. He's a he's a good connector in the half court. So have and a guy that makes like good decisions, like uh, he has a good feel to make the right pass. So yes. I don't know how much that helps as well. Um, like that can that can make have let Billy feel have more confidence in running certain types of plays. Um, that, you know, he's, he's like, I don't know if I have a guy I can trust to, to, you know, uh, to, uh, how do I say this? Um, it's it's not a hard word that I'm thinking of, uh, execute. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word, but execute the play. It's, it's all about that. A lot of times it's like, yeah, we have the right players as finishers, but do we have the right players as connectors? Um, and outside of Caruso, you know, outside of, outside of Vooch, you don't really have a lot of good connector, connective, like experienced connective passers. And adding Pat to that mix, I think, can make a difference. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like just seeing having a guy addition to, again, a guy like Pat Bev and that half court um, being able to have a feel to make certain type of uh, passes and, and plays. I think you're spot on, bro, because is you guys know, I mean, hell, you know, Salim is a big guy and Pat Will guy as well. Mm-hmm. But like that, if, if there was one thing uh, outside of, you know, you know, continuing to, you know, get more touches and, and you know, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, have the ball in his hands in, in the half court to, you know, be that guy outside of that. I think this also goes along with that is that I think one of the one of the critiques you can have for Pat is that he's still. Uh, if it's not, you know, taking a, 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 a jumper, for, you know, taking a three ball when he gets the kick out to the corner, or if he attacks the closeout and gets to a pull up, you know, I think one of the things that he needs to continue to get better at is making those quick decisions. I think sometimes he can second either it's second guess himself or he's reading something too slow. But I think you're spot on in that adding Pat Bev and Caruso to the to the fold of the starting lineup, now those decisions become that much quicker and those advantages continue to stay because they're not going to allow those advantages to die because they're going to continue to make those quick passes. Or though maybe it's, you know, attacking, you know, the closeout to keep that advantage and now you just kick the ball again and now that advantage keeps going and you're spot on, bro. I think, I think that is one of the underlying things, one of the things that's under the radar, um, 
to most people is that those those quick decisions, mm-hmm. th- th- those matter so much. And I think you're spot on. Let's get into and we've alluded to it already, but let's get into Kobe White. And I, I really want to hear from you, your your observations on what you've noticed about what he's been doing differently during this run, like post all star break. I think he's shooting about like 49 percent from the field overall, uh, 44 percent from three. But there, there's been improved decision making from him. We're seeing more of a a far more complete offensive game from him. And I think this is really encouraging for his progress uh, going forward. As we talked about on the last show, he's still really, really young for a basketball player. And he, he ha- hasn't had this season to deal with like so many injuries or something like that, where he was coming back from, like he's been able to get more consistency in his role. And we talk about it a lot, but we talk about the concept of being a star in your role. Like, I guess that's one of the things from the Thibodeau days, but being a star in your role. And I think Kobe White has really started to become a star in his role. So, Lero, tell me what you've seen from Kobe White that makes you potentially optimistic about what he's doing now and what he could be doing uh, going forward, uh, hopefully as a Chicago Bull. Um, man, you know what, man? Um, I usually, I usually don't agree with what a, a lot of what Stacy says, because a lot of it is still kind of old school and nineties basketball type ish, but like he's spot on about. And I think Kobe, in order to really take advantage of the type of player he could be in the future and what he's been doing, uh, been now is I think, his ball handling kind of held him back and you see it now in high school where there's guys that you see the explosiveness, you see, you see the ability to finish the contact, but it's like, damn, they don't have the ball hand, the, the ball handling to consistently get in those situations in order to take advantage of the finishing ability, you know? So now, now it's like, yeah, he could do all those things, but how the hell are we going to get him into those positions to be successful Um, we need him to become a better ball handler in order for him to get in those positions. And one of the things that the the biggest thing with Kobe, we know he can shoot the ball, Mm -hmm. right? And yes, you look at the numbers season wise, you're like, whoa, like this doesn't say anything. But again, it's said all time. uh, It's been said recently a lot. It's like, yeah, the numbers don't look like he's having a really good year, but like, if you watch the games, you see what you see that the improvement is, is, oh my gosh, it's, it's, slapping you in the face and I think his ball handling is allowing him to get further into the defense and keep his dribble alive even in close quarters even when somebody's digging at the ball he has enough confidence now to keep his dribble alive where he he can continue to draw more help and now he can kick out the shooters or and and now he's putting himself in better positions for himself to to get shots off but also to be a better playmaker for himself and make plays for his teammates all with adding the ball handling and it's been so cool to see defensively he's competing more he 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 has really been fighting over screens he's been trying to be a good rotator of ball he he's really locked in right now fellas i i don't know if it's because a contract year or or he hears you know the the critics or whatever but the dude has been locked in man like even you look tonight six assists only one turnover like like yeah it, it's just like he's starting to help this team 
even more so than he has in the past. Like, you know, he we know he's a better shooter than the numbers say, right? And and now we're seeing him be able to be a kind of a playmaker off ball screens. We're seeing him, like I said, get into the teeth of the defense and be more than just a three-point spot-up shooter. And it's really helped this team, especially the bench unit, man. You know, him being on the bench unit and him being – Uh, him and Pat being those first two rotation guys that come in, like they really keep this stuff going because uh, Kobe can now be that ball handler as well Um, in in offensive and half-court sets, not just a fast break guy. Now he can be, you know, throw the ball to Kobe, and now he can run a little bit of of the offense that you want to run, you know, and he's just been, my goodness, man. Shout out Kobe White, man. Um, Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I just kept saying, man, because I'm so excited for the kid. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, it's it, the thing with Kobe. Like, so today is a good example of his maturity and his, his development. Um, so he started out really shooting well. He was like, what, like four or five, I believe. I missed the first half, but I was looking at, like, you know, when I got home at, or uh, I was looking at Twitter and stuff, and I saw, like, yeah, he started out hot. But then from a certain point, he was just not making any shots. Um, now, in the past, like, if Kobe wasn't making shots, you couldn't play him because mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be doing anything else. Like, he wasn't going to be making good decisions as a playmaker. Um, he wasn't – his defense, like, his defense was just – he was going to get absolutely cooked, like, stuck on uh, – hung up on screens, uh, bullied by bigger players, uh, or not even bigger players, even smaller players that just because he couldn't, he didn't have the strength to keep up with them and just like pour on rotations. But you saw Billy still keeping him out there, even through his shooting struggles, because Kobe was doing all these other things out there. He was being a effective playmaker, decision maker. Again, his defense, man, like I get so hyped watching Kobe play defense now. Like, He's not – don't get it twisted. Like, you know, he's not a good defender. Like, he's not somebody where you would say, okay, he's like a good NBA-level defender, but he's making good defensive plays. Um, and you could probably say he is being closer to a, a below-average defender at this point and, and still maturing in that end. But you're seeing more so of Kobe making impact on both sides of the court um, and like I said, that's through having a, a, a point where his shot is not falling. Uh, and that's the maturity and the development we were seeing. You know, uh, real, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ed. Um, but Salim, like, that is so, so right. Because, uh, like, honestly, if you bring the, the, if you bring the type of skills um, that Kobe brings to the, to the offensive side of the ball now, like, all you really have to do is be passable be a guy that can't just be taken advantage of over and over again. And you're right. He's, I, I may have sounded like he, you know, he turned into Caruso or something like that before, but like, <laughs> you're right. He's, he's, he's not like a Caruso or even Pat Bev, but he's somebody that can't be taken advantage of. He's going to compete. He's going to, he's going to more, more often than not. Now he's going to try to rotate and be in the right spots. And it's like I said, it's, if he's being, if, if, if the, the shooting is going to come around, I know it is. He's, he's a better shooter than what he has, has shown uh, in terms of his season averages, but like, the passing now, the, the the ball handling now is if as long as he continues to bring those types of things, like it, he's gonna as long as he's passable, as long as he's not some big neutral like he like I I heard you before when you had 
um, and, and you guys are your last part. Like, mm. he used to be, like, one of the worst guard defenders in the league. You know, not just in the Eastern Conference, like, the league before. So, like, just the jump from that to what he is now, that means so much. Yes. Yeah, no, spot on. I, I think Salim nailed it with he, – he's no longer a liability – on either side of the ball, even just being a below average defender, possibly even a slightly below average, like just slightly like average defender on his best night is a significant development for his game. And I think you're spot on, too, with his shooting. We we really haven't seen Kobe White shooting potential translate just yet to the NBA. It's starting to get there a little bit, but we really haven't seen that type of like 40% high volume three point shooting that we know he's capable of. He's a good shooter, but we just need to see it for a longer stretch. So I think he can be more than that streaky type of shooter that he's been uh, for his NBA career. But I, I think you guys have nailed it with him. He is no longer a liability on either side of the ball. He's making better decisions overall, and he's starting to anchor that second unit. You can depend on Kobe White for a lot more minutes in usage now. And that is a big development for his game. And that has been a big development for the team during this run. So w what he's been doing has been really, really rock solid overall. So if, if we well, should... Let me ask you this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'll just say, let me throw this off you guys. And I, 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 I try to stay away from player comparisons, um, but I, I may have bounced this off you in the past, but I can't remember. But I've been kind of looking at Kobe and his development as maybe like seeing what Malik Monk is doing in, in Sacramento. Like I could see Kobe next season have like a Malik Monk type of like breakout in a sense. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that kind of comp? No, I, I do. I, I mean, uh, you can even like obviously Malik Monk is a way better athlete, but um, I think. Uh, I think that if you look at like where they were drafted, both lottery picks, both had some rocky starts to their career. And it's just really been really fun to see uh, both of them kind of fight through that. And now, you know what I mean? Now they're really being positives on both sides of the floor. And um, I think you're right about uh, Malik Monk being a really good comparison. Um because yes, Malik Monk has turned into someone that you can you can handle the give the ball to in a half court. He can play make for you for a little bit. He also can be off ball. He he's he turned himself into a pretty good defender. And I, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's a really good comparison. Like I said, outside of the, the athlete, because you can't really throw that ball off the top of the glass and ask Kobe go get it. But um outside of that, I mean, I, I totally I get that. That's a really good comparison, I think. Yeah, I like it overall. Uh, if, if we're if we're going on the on the other side of the of the fence, so to speak, and looking at a player who really has not taken a big step in his game this year, like we anticipated, and we look at Io Desumu, and while he's still in the rotation, still playing regular minutes, his numbers haven't really dropped uh, below what he did as a rookie. But again, we expected kind of a jump this season, and he came in as a starter. Uh, this season as well, and now he's back to the bench. But, Lara, what do you think about what Iowa has done this season? Is there anything that you can point out to with 
why we haven't seen much of a jump from him or is he is he struggling any in any particular area that you think he'll have to really address in the offseason but what do you think about what his game has looked like so far this season and why he's been a disappointment um so i'll start defensively defensively um i think on ball he's always been a really tough competitor you know fighting over screens point of attack defender i I feel like he's always been really good at that but I think one of the things that really gets, you know, amplified when you don't have a Caruso or a, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly is he can be taken advantage of off ball, like uh, defensively. And I think he has to get better on, on terms of off ball. I think that's one of the things that I've, I've been hoping for him to get better at. And I'm not saying by any means that he can't get better at that. I mean, gosh, we just talked about Kobe white, Hmm. but that's one of the things that I think that he hurts the team sometimes because sometimes, you know, Patrick Williams will rotate for him or, or Zach will rotate for him and he won't rotate and somebody will back cut him and things like that. Like off ball defense, he has to continue to get better at that. Uh, But offensively, I think is where things have been really, really rough for him. The shot hasn't been good except tonight. I think he went two for three, but consistently in terms of consistency that you would like to see from him, it hasn't been, you, it hasn't been what we hoped. Hmm. Um, also, you know, since the three isn't falling, you know, he hasn't, he's not getting a bunch of closeouts to attack and he's, it's just been tough for him. And I, and I think that, uh, I think that it has to be um, a, a point. I think he has to continue to shoot the ball, keep shooting, just keep shooting. And I, I, I really feel like he can become 34, 35, somewhere, maybe, maybe that's a little too high, but I think he can get to a respectable percentage. He just has to keep shooting. And I think once the shooting comes more consistently, he'll finally have some, uh, some closeouts to attack. And I think that's exactly what he needs to do, at least in my eyes. Do you think it could be a similar situation to Kobe where like he, he's kind of getting learning how to play in an inconsistent role because um, obviously, night to night, he, he doesn't know where his minutes are going to come from, and that's something for young players. Um, and obviously, Kobe, he and Kobe are the same age, but when you consider their NBA age, like Kobe has more NBA experience than Io does. Uh, but do you think that could be a factor, like him not knowing like the minutes, where his minutes are going to come from, and having to be able to make an impact on – on the smaller role and compared to some nights he may play more, some nights he may not. Dude, I, man, Salim, I think that is a great point uh, because basketball players, I mean, basketball is such a rhythm sport, man. Um, and it, like last season, he played a ton, you know, and I think it was a little bit easier for him to have that mindset. Like, I know I'm going to play this amount of minutes. I know that like this season, like you said, man, it's been kind of, you know, hit or miss. Um, and, and if you don't have a rhythm, man, it's, it's really tough to find that rhythm, especially when you're not a, a, a focal point of of the offense, when you're just kind of like you're not Zach Levine, you're not Vucevic, you're not DeMar DeRozan. So your offense can be um, inconsistent. And I think when you don't have the minutes, consistent minutes to stay locked in, to, 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 to continue to understand what you need to do in order to affect the game, I, I definitely think inconsistent minutes can definitely um, – impact that impact your performance. I really do. Um, and 
like I said, man, I think he, whenever he has the minutes, like, you know, when I watched tonight, when he was open from three, just let it go. Don't sometimes, you know, people get on Pat because he passes up threes, but I think also IO as well can pass up some looks and he can try to attack a closeout that isn't there. And now instead of having a three or he doesn't have anything, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, he just has to continue to shoot the three. Um, and, and, just keep shooting. That's all I really have to say. That if I was coaching him, if I was Billy, man, keep shooting the ball, man. Keep shooting the ball. Just believe in it. And um, I think once that shot starts to come around a little bit more, um, he'll get the closeouts. And now his speed and his connective passing can can pop a little bit more. And um, but again, like again, it goes back to what you said, man. Like the inconsistent minutes. Um, it's tough, man. It's an uphill battle. When you're getting inconsistent minutes on top of not playing well, it's an uphill battle. Right. And you got to be, you got to lock in and, and try your best to stay locked. And it's easier. That's easier said than done, man. So like overall, do you think that, are are you still in a, in a mindset that you're optimistic about IO and him being able to take a jump in the future with this team? Uh, I mean, we know his role has to become more consistent. We, we don't know if he'll be back in the starting lineup next season. It's definitely a possibility with Lonzo Ball's future up in the up in the air, and there's a good chance he probably won't really play for his team anymore. So Io could get another uh, crack at it, but it, it's really hard to say, I guess, where they really view Io long term for his team. But I, do you feel good about what what he can potentially do with his team taking another jump? Man, that's a great question. Um... I, I, I don't I don't want to be a downer. Um, and I think before Kobe White took this jump, I probably would have like quickly said, hey, Io, um, because I do believe in the worker he is, uh, you know, just from like I said, from uh, before, like from, you know, my old, my mentor was his trainer for a little bit. And I. I I know that he's a worker. I know that he's not going to stop working. Um, but the I, it's weird, man. The time the Bulls are in um, with the, the timeline that, that AK and Acme, uh, I'm sorry, Acme created, you don't really have time to wait for IO to, to come around, you know? And dude, I mean, if it wasn't for, for Pat showing that he can be a really good defender and, showing some signs on the other side, like it would also be tough for him as well. And I mean, to be honest, it still is tough, but like, like IO fighting already fighting against, you know, now you get a Pat Bev, you know, now, you know, they added Goran Dragic at the beginning of the year, you know, in, in Caruso. And, you know, it's like now the, the jump of Kobe, he's fighting the uphill battle, man. And I, I just don't know. And I know the question was, you know, if I have any confidence, but, I just think that the situation that he's in, I guess I don't have confidence in the situation that he's in and to to uh, to continue to believe that the team will still, um, you know, buy into him and what he is, because at the moment, I mean, shoot right now, it looks like they they they're going to be all in for a while, you know, and so um, I, I don't know if I have confidence in the situation, but I think long term, I, I have confidence that he can be a. a a better player than he's shown. I definitely do. Well, I think it's going to be interesting just because both him and and Kobe walk into this offseason as restricted free agents. So uh, we know this front office is not, not front office, sorry, this ownership is not 
privy to paying the tax. And there's a lot of questions as far as who they're going to pay, who they're going to keep, you know, what route they're going to go in general, like as far as um, that they're going to try to keep winning or they can go rebuild. There's so many question marks. And I suppose uh, it depends on what happens with the rest of the season. If they clinch a playoff spot and they all of a sudden they look really good in the playoffs, that could sway opinions too, not only for, for AK and Mark Eversley, but for uh, Michael Reinsdorf as well, as far as what he will allow happen spending-wise in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a, a, there's so many questions, like I said. Um, and and it, and certainly it doesn't help that, like, it's funny that, you know, we're, as we're sitting here talking, like, at the beginning of the season, like the conversation we're having about Kobe and Io, I would have thought it would be the reverse, right? Right. <laughs> like, like we would be talking about how Io was doing all these great things, like stepped up, done this, that, this. And Kobe is like, oh, man, Kobe's still, you know, while he has his good games, there's still th- days that he's not there, you know? Um, it's just, it's just a funny how, like, how different – both of these players are at at this point in in, in the season. Right. It, it We were talking about Io potentially being a better breakout candidate than Patrick Williams. Like I, I asked that question yeah. a few times, and I I was and definitely thinking Io. Is, <laughs> yeah, Pat at this point has become underrated as how well he's played. I know people mm. like to like because of the of the box score numbers, like scoring numbers aren't there, but like he legit does not get enough respect for his defense. I know there's some people who are not his defense. I know like Lero had a great article on uh, on Switch Theory, in-depth article about Pat, uh, Patrick Williams, that is, not Pat Bev. Um, but like Pat legit is right now showing he has all NBA defense potential. Like that's what that, that's, that's a huge development. Um, and as, and as, and as offensively, he's not done developing there either. But yeah, like I, like, we thought that the earlier this year, we had a legit conversation that Io could be the guy that we look at, and he's a step further than Pat. Yeah. And getting back to the Pat and Kobe, it's just like, man, it's going to be interesting. It's just going to be so interesting to see what happens this offseason. Yeah. We were, it was, and I, I remember the argument I was making about how Pat hasn't had that time to really like, get comfortable with his game because he's been more of a of a project and a projection than Io while Io has been more experienced has been more like high floor in what he does but you know with the inconsistency in roles and a, a decrease in shooting like some of that has kind of like flopped and you look at what Patrick Williams has done so far this season and he's shooting above 50 percent from three after the all-star break and has been killing it from three overall on the season. So whenever you watch Pat, like for me, I've seen, and and you guys are way higher on Pat than me. So I I can always defer to you on it. But for me, when I've been watching Pat, like I've seen the things from him that I wanted to see. I've seen a guy who has become much more assertive, much more aggressive offensively when he has the opportunities, like, yeah, he'll still pass up some shots, but we've seen him just have more like going for himself overall when he has the ball. Like he looks like someone who has a role offensively. He looks like someone who can take a jump offensively in the future. And that three ball looks pretty good to me. So when you tag when you tag that on to what's been really good defense, 
it, it's hard not to like the upside of Patrick Williams going forward. Like, I, I know we're always going to be like, hey, we, we use the number four pick on him, whatever, whatever. You know, why is he not, you know, a superstar, multi-time all-star, whatever, whatever, you know, dreams that we have. But I like what he can become. Like, if he can become an, uh, a, an elite perimeter defender, giving us a good three ball and, you know, increases scoring output to like, let's say 16, 17 a game. I think that's a pretty damn good player in today's NBA. Wow. And he's a very can versatile I, guy. Yeah. Can I talk about something really quick? Yeah, go for it. So you, you said something that I really like, not, not you, Ed, like hmm. not, not don't get twisted. <laughs> um, you, you brought up like, Oh man, he's a number four pick. And Man, why is he not giving out a number four outcome? You know, not number four production. And what really, really gets under my damn skin, okay, <laughs> is that people like, for instance, okay, Tyrese Halliburton. I, I I loved him, and I'll be honest, I was one of the guys as well. Like I've talked to Jackson Frank, I've talked to a bunch of evaluators. A lot of evaluators that are really good at what they do missed on him. Because the things right. that he did in college, the things that he did in college, you didn't see the self-creation flashes that you see right now. You didn't see his ability to, I mean, like, really it was self-creation. Everything else was pretty good, right? But, but like, if you're going to take mm. a guy that high, like a guard that high, you want to see self-creation. Can he create for himself and for others? You know, and he didn't really show that in college, and, and the shooting off forward. the bounce too, like those yes. people yeah. question him being able to shoot off the bounce the way he has. People yes. said he would not be able to do it because of the way yes. his shot was. They said it was too yep. slow. That's what we yeah. Um, I, I yeah we. I remember. I'm sure everyone talked about it, but that was kind of my thing with him too. Is like I, I just couldn't see how that shot could ever come off the bounce because mm-hmm. it was just way too too much of a set shot. And then, like you talked about, the self creation. He's a much better passer in pure point than we anticipated as well. Like he just took uh, he just took a jump that was really not foreseen overall. So like I it it seems like everybody missed with Halliburton, like you were saying. Like and and one of the things too, when it gets to development, and I know some people like don't really want to talk about development. They they're all about now, 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 now. But like that's not how it goes, right? So let's talk about guards. <clears throat> when you draft a guard, right, one of the things about guards is they have the ball in their hands all the damn time. So it's it's easier for them to go through those development uh, reps and, and, you know, see different defenses because guards, like I said, guards have the ball in their hands a ton, especially point guards. So to, sometimes their development either can be accelerated or it can be it can show you right away that okay the the he's not what we thought he was right because you're getting those reps on ball right when you get a big bigs can also take some little bit a little bit of time offensively because again they don't get the ball that much you know sometimes they're not good screeners sometimes they have to get used to the uh, a lot of times they have to get used to the physicality so they may not give you everything that you're looking for right away okay it takes time so take for instance right for Pat, let's talk about the Pat situation because I think people like maybe the Kawhi Leonard uh, comp got people's minds all twisted up, but like Patrick Williams was the youngest American-born player in that draft. 
He was not a surefire and, you know, uh, um, surefire, I don't know, LeBron James, uh, you know, mm. whoever you want to think of surefire uh, prospect. You know what I mean? Cade Cunningham, you know, and he wasn't that guy. He was a guy that showed he, he had the size, the length. He showed flat. Patrick showed flashes in every single facet offensively and showed fat flashes in every single facet defensively. So you when you take a guy that high, he's raw. He's a guy that if you give him the right reps, you give him, you put him around the right types of vets, you put him in the right organization, there's a good shot that you have a star with this player. And what people forget is that, yes, he was drafted to a bad team, but they didn't stay bad. They didn't say, you know what? We want to invest in this guy. We're not going to go look to win right now. We're going to bring a couple guys that can put, we could put guys around Pat that can help him develop. And once we get to, once he gets to a spot where he's shown that, okay, he's ready. Now we'll go try to win. Now we'll go try to get some guys to, to put him around, put around him. And now we're going to try to go win. No, they accelerated this time frame, this window when the guy, when Pat wasn't ready for it. And we're actually really lucky that he's developing the way he's developing on the defensive side of the ball, because that could hinder somebody's development. Mm. That could really take the confidence away from somebody. When, when, Think about it this way, right? And this may be uh, uh, um, biased, but I try to put myself in a player's mindset, right? You're drafted number four overall. Usually when you're drafted in the top five, you're the guy. You're the guy for the team. Think about it this way. They said, you know what? We're going to go get DeMar DeRozan and we're going to go get Vooch. Yeah, buddy, you're going to go to being a floor spacer. Yeah, Sorry. Like, what, what, we don't we don't think that may hinder somebody's confidence. We don't we don't think that this guy's not a, a human. He's just a robot. Like these, this is the young. He was a teenager when drafted, going into a, a, a different ball game. And yes, there are some guys like LeBron James who was eighteen, but that that dude was built for everything that came his way. He was a very different guy. Like not most teenagers are able to come into the league and just take off, just take off. And I, I, it frustrates me because development is there's a lot of things that go into development. It's not just, you know, give him the ball and he better be a 20 point score. Hell no, because he has to learn. OK, like right now, you know, one of the things I get pissed off at myself sometimes when I when I read back my article is I didn't talk about his weaknesses enough because it, it, it some people may read that and be like oh, okay Larry you're showing all these other things but you're not talking about what he did not good at well the reason why I did it that way is because I felt like there was too much uh uh negative stuff out there about Pat already so I wanted to bring to the light of the positives of Pat right and so let's talk about some of the weaknesses yes Patrick doesn't have really good burst off the dribble so, yes, he has a little bit of trouble of getting past guys off the dribble. But I guarantee you that if he had reps, uh, continuous, continuous reps, he would understand that, you know what? I don't have the burst, but I have a big ass body that I can use to create carve out space in a lane for me to get to the lane and get to the rim. And you see it every now and then from him. But like, how, where would he be if he had those reps from day one? 
right? Mm-hmm. People don't think about it that way. They just think about, oh, you're around Zach Levine, you're around DeMar DeRozan, you're around uh, uh, um, Vucevic. It should be easier for you. No, it's not that way. It's just not that way. And if, if, if that's why it gets under my skin. Yes, I'm a Patrick Williams guy. But also it's a spit in the face into how development works. Development is not a linear thing. Development is not, you can't, if, if me, all three of us were in a class together and we were learning a different subject, we would all, all three of us would learn differently. Hmm. Something would something would pop out differently to me than it would you and, and, and Celine. Hmm. And it's like, it sucks that we don't think about it that way. And yes, yes, there is a percentage that he may not work out. He may not be the the guy that everybody thought he could be. But I damn sure hate that he wasn't he hasn't been given the opportunity to show that he 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 could like you the young guys need the ball in their hands they need to be able to see what they can do in the league they need film in the summer to show okay damn all right when we play against the Atlanta Hawks DeAndre Hunter likes to play me to the drive how can, he likes to short close out so how can I play off of that you know what when we play against the the Pelicans when I had the ball in the right wing Zion likes to 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 get up on me how can I how can I combat that you're not getting, he's not getting the film. He's not getting all the things he needs to accelerate his offensive um, uh, skill set. Mm. But he's getting, he's, he's, he's been able, you know, he's like, think about it, like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, I've been rambling. But nah, think about it this way. From day one, from day one, he's been guarding the best of the best. The motherfucker, right. He was guarding LeBron James, Giannis, all the best of the best since day one. And look at him now as a defender. And it's like today, it's t- today t- every game he takes the toughest matchup. So seriously, mm-hmm. and, and why can't we think about it that that way offensively, right? Like, like defensively, he's had the tough assignment since day one, and he's 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 became a really really good defender from taking those lumps, from 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 learning what kind of defender am I on this level? How can I uh, uh, show the type of defender I can be? And he's learned through trial and error. And I just wish he had that opportunity offensively. And that that's the only that's that's all I've ever really wanted for Pat. And I honestly I commend him for being the type of player he's turned out to be so far in this league. Um and man, my bad guys. I no, ramble. No, no. And, and no, I just, I just the other thing <laughs> the other thing I think we do need to talk about too, like so the defensive end, like he exerts a lot of energy on the defensive end. And him still developing offensively, it's tough. It's tough to do both ends every night consistently. And especially for a young player that's developing, so to expect them to be like, okay, I'm going to be a guy that is going to be consistent on the offensive end and be one of the best defenser, defenders on the court every night, like that's tough. And I think that plays into his uh, offensive inconsistencies because he does have to exert so much energy on the defensive end every night. Like – you know, and you, you are spitting. The uh, like the elite players can do it. It's different, but like you even have some of the elite scores in the league that get to take that they take breaks on on defense. Pat doesn't get to take a break on defense at all. So, I mean, that's part of it. That that plays into it, and I think it's unfair when people th- don't say like offensively, like, "Oh man, Pat doesn't have these. He has he he, he only has five points, six points." Well, guys, he's been defending Kevin Durant all game. 
Like, <laughs> like, like he's defending Gian- Giannis all game. He's saving Giannis shoulders all game. Come on, bro. Uh, so like stuff like that just frustrates me too, and I I feel like it's so unfair. Like I know, like you, I'm I'm a Pat guy too, and I I've, I've turned into a Pat like like a, a apologist, like he's my little brother. But like <laughs> it just if it annoys me, it fucking annoys me. That shit just annoys me. Like that people don't put that context into it, like. It's hard. It's hard to be of of hundred give go a hundred percent, a hundred miles an hour on defense, and then also produce offensively, and and especially for a young player that's still figuring out his offensive game. Like, right. yeah, yes, and I think that's where the indecisiveness comes from too on the offensive end, like. Like people complain about his finishing. I don't think his finishing is a problem because he can't finish inside. When he's attacking, he he doesn't go up like I'm gonna just go ahead and finish this dunk this. Or like he goes in and it's like, okay, maybe I can I need to pump fake or something. And and he and, and that's when he gets ends up getting blocked or he doesn't get a clean shot off. I think that's it. It just he needs to like if, if the Bulls had another wing that could really D up. And he could take breaks on on the defensive end. I think we would start seeing a little bit more productivity on the offensive end more consistently from him. But you know, it's it's a battle. It's a, something he's gonna have to keep working through. I'm I'm hoping. I'm I'm glad. I'm I'm glad. Like there are people who are seeing it. I'm 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 and I'm hoping this front office is seeing it too and putting that context yeah. into it. Um, that and I think we'll. I, like I'm I'm all in on Pat man. Like. There, I know you are obviously, I'm, and like I said, I'm I things I've seen from him this year. I know Pat's gonna be really good, and and man, I'm gonna be so fucking obnoxious when this dude <laughs> finally breaks out. I'm gonna be so damn obnoxious to everyone that talks mad shit about him. I'm gonna be like, nah. yeah, man. Look for the the yeah. Patrick Williams breakout. We definitely gotta put the uh, the the theme that we usually use to start the show aside and we got to bust out like some project Pat, like classic man for that show. So uh, (laughs) we'll bust out something. for So y'all know what the vibes are, man, but no, y'all, y'all are both killing it. And like I said, overall, I I don't have much, much else to add. I'll just say that like, I I've seen what I wanted to see from him. I think he has been aggressive enough and assertive enough and improved enough offensively. To where it's like, okay, like if he gets a bigger role offensively, I think he's gonna do pretty solid. Like I, I think he is developing at a, a pretty solid rate, especially when you consider that he missed so much time last season. So yep. yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I I like what I see from him this season. He, he's doing well. Like it this is even though this has been a really up and down, like torturous season for most of it, of the year. The fact that we've gotten to see Patrick Williams and Kobe White make noticeable developments in their game, I think that's yes. a pretty pretty dope win overall that I, I would take. You know, it sucks that Io wasn't able to, to to do the same, but I'll say two out of three. Yeah, I, I just, you know sometimes I listen to certain podcasts and and you know I hear you know. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to look forward to. I mean, outside of Zach Levine and, you know, um, you know, there's not really, you know, and it's like, why, I understand, like you just said, Ed, like, I understand that this is a tough season. I really do. But, like, sometimes you got to you gotta put that to the side and actually just pay attention to, you know, the development. Pay, pay attention to what these guys are, have been doing and, and um, 
you're right, man. I mean, <laughs> who is the beginning of the year? Like you guys said, it, you guys hit it on the nose. You know, at the beginning of the year, who you didn't even, you wouldn't have thought, you know, Kobe White would be the guy he is right now. And right. that's so cool, man. It's so cool that, that you may be able to have a homegrown. You don't have to go out and find a guy like Kobe. You may have a guy like Kobe and he's homegrown and you can just keep him here. And same thing with Pat. Pat can just continue to develop. And, you know, he can, you know, I hope that, you know, that he, he start he could do some of that single leg workout stuff because that's always that's always been one of his his weaknesses as well, you know, uh is is jumping off a stride. Like you guys probably notice it in game. Like when he jumps off two feet, he's so much more explosive. But when he jumps off one, it's it's just he's just not he's a slow, low jumper off of one. And I think that like you said, like you said, Salim, that it also could be because he's tired. Uh, but that's also been something that showed up on tape since high school is that, you know, when he drives, he can be a good, def- good finisher, but when he drives off and, and explodes off one, he doesn't get that same explosiveness. So, um, th- th- you know, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, right? But I'm not, oh God, I'm not even going to say it. Just put it this way, <laughs> right? He, I think some, another other thing, a thing that, that you, that you uh, find out about yourself when you go through these seasons is what type of conditioning level do I need to be at? Do I need to be this? Do I need to have this much muscle mass? Do I need to like, you start to understand, okay, in order to be the player I want to be, I maybe have to trim a little bit. Uh, maybe I have to get stronger in certain areas. Like now he has another full season of film that he's going to be able to look at and understand what his conditioning level he needs to be at or uh think because i've know billy has said before that you know that was one of the things that he needed to continue to work on was the conditioning not this season but in the past you know he's always mm-hmm. talked about uh pat's uh pat will's uh conditioning so it, it's you know the more he plays the more he, the more he gets mature the more he's around damar and he sees how he does things and it's just like that stuff all matters man and it's really cool to see um that things are starting to look, uh, you know, cause the defensive side of the ball is how you get on the court, you know? So right. it, the fact that he's been a great defender and, and really good defender like that, that means a lot. So. Right. The, these developments. No, that's what, Oh, go ahead. Slim. No, I was just saying, that's what frustrates me about last season. Like all that time he missed that, that plays into him not knowing the conditioning he needs to be, what it, what he, where he wants to get his body at. Like yeah. that—that's a whole season of where he misses, uh, where it makes a difference for development time. Like, you know, we keep people keep saying, "Oh, this is his third season," but you know what? It really technically isn't his third season. It, thank it's you, not thank you, Celine. That 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 development time missed—that plays into it. Like, it's so it's technically not his third season. It's it's so technically his second season as far as on court. Uh, play is concerned and the things that he needs to learn the learning curve is still at that second season so I feel like that 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 gets overlooked and and undervalued as well bro he like I know like Fred and other people make fun of this but like guys like think about this man he doesn't turn 22 until August 26th like age matters age 100% matters like like, I don't care who you are let me ask you this. If Wemby was 25, would we all be still thinking about that as a leader or prospect? No. <laughs> that makes a lot no. of sense. No. Yeah. Right? We would be like, yeah, he would be interesting. We'd be like, oh, yeah, this, I would like this guy. But no one would be saying, like, you know, this guy's going to be the best prospect in LeBron James. The yeah. Age matters, man. Age matters. Like, 
It and does, I don't think that's yeah. an, ex- it's an extreme example, but it, it matters. Like age, age matters as far as when, where you can be in your in your career and and how much experience you have and your development uh, curve and all that stuff. Age doesn't matter. Yeah, and- I'm I'm trying to think of. Um, gosh, man, let me let me take a quick uh, little uh, search Google search really quick. Um, I bring this up because there's a player that's starting to get a lot of love. Um, and let's see, what, how old is he? Okay. So for instance, Jaden McDaniel, right? Jaden McDaniel has been in the league for a while. He, he's, he turned 22 in September and he's finally starting to hit some of the projections that some of the people have had for him, you know, you know, him being able to score off the balance him being able to shoot him being able to be, be mm-hmm. able to be a really good offensive mm-hmm. player. Like he's finally, he's just now starting to show all those really cool uh, moments consistently. And it's like, yeah, guys, like it takes time. Sorry. It takes time. I know we all, you know, it, it takes time, man. It really does, and and you just have to be patient. And I know, like, we want as a as a as a Bulls fan, hell, as a Chicago sports fan, we want to win. Damn it, we're we're tired. <laughs> we're we're goddamn tired of looking at playoffs at home of other teams. Like we we we're tired of it, and we want it. But at the same time, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time, man. It really does, you know. And um, I'm willing to wait a little bit, so. Well, I mean, I need Patrick Williams to turn into Kawhi tomorrow. I need Kobe White to become <laughs> Gilbert Arenas tomorrow. I need Dalen Terry to become Tayshawn Prince next week. So I'm on. I'm on. A, I'm on a strict time crunch right now. <laughs> oh man, no! But th- th- these development conversations, we've been having a lot more of these uh, this season, and just talking about just the. Like the low lights, the highlights, the the bumps, the bruises, like how development isn't always just straightforward. Sometimes you need to go through some shit, really. Like we've talked about it with some ex-players like, hey, like Lowry and Wendell, they had to go through some shit for it to really happen. Yep. Like Lowry yep. had to get traded twice for it to happen just to look around and be like, damn, that's how people feel about me. Okay, like I'm, I'm done with this. So it, it sometimes you have to go through some things and it's just not always as straightforward as just get better. So the fact that we have seen these developments for players like Kobe and Patrick Williams over over this season, again, it, it should not be taken lightly. So it, it has been a really, really solid development. Uh, Lero, this has been an amazing conversation. This has been a, a fantastic show with you talking Bulls basketball and talking about this team that has been playing extremely well in March. We want to wrap up by letting you promote what you've been working on at Switch Theory and letting our listeners know where they can find you at, where they can follow your work and what you've been working on so far, man. Well, um, man, you know, honestly, a lot of my time recently and a lot of our you know, contributors time and we've been really pouring into this draft board, guys. And, um, you know, this draft guy we put out. Is you know, it's something that I'm really happy to be a part of. It's it's been something I think that's been um, really doing some really good numbers on Google searches, and um, you know, it's really been cool. Like as of right now, uh, if you Google uh, NBA draft guide, we're second, right under the Ringer, and right right over the Athletic um, in that draft search. And it's just it's really been cool to see 
Uh, people like what we've been doing. It's, it's a really interactive uh, draft board. If you want to um, separate, if you know your team needs a uh, combo guard, you can go on the draft board and, you know, uh, um, uh, filter it by combo guards on our draft board. And it'll give you every single combo guard and who's ranked above what. And we went into detail about each prospect, um, who's the highest uh, on this prospect and who's the lowest. And both those people give reasons why they're the highest or the lowest. And um, you can filter, you know, you know, floor general or any any archetype that you're looking for that you think your team needs. You can go on there and onto the draft board and and go look at what, you know, type of players that fit the, that archetype that you think your team needs. And um, it, you, you can go and look and and read some of the opinions and takes and informed and educated takes because we're not just, uh, you know, writing things we don't know we're watching a bunch of film on these guys and and really getting some uh, educated feel um for these guys and um, i'm really excited about where swish theory is heading um so if you have time and you listen to this please go ahead and go on swish swish theory.com and go look at the swish the the the, the big board and look at some of our articles I, I my patrick williams article is still there and it's still really doing some good numbers and um, I have something I'm working on right now. Um, uh, I can't really say at the moment, but uh, I'm really excited about Switch Theory, as you probably can tell, listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been saying Switch Theory like multiple times, but <laughs> uh, I'm really, really happy about it. And uh, that right now, that's what I'm really focused on. Uh, outside of that, it's Cerebro Sports. So, um, I'll be moving around a lot this summer in terms of in the region. I'm a regional analyst for Chicago uh, basketball, high school basketball. So I'll be at a lot of AAU tournaments for prep hoops and made hoops and um, looking to see if I can find the next, I don't know, who knows, John Moran or something. Ah, that's a bad name right now. Uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but finding the next, you know, guy that maybe nobody knows about and, uh, you know, let's just have some fun with basketball, man. Basketball is what I love and what we all love. And uh, that's really what I'm doing, man. Summer full of basketball. I, I can't wait until you find the next uh, great player that Bulls fans can complain about for the next five years. That's going to be Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Larry has his Adam Sandler on. He he got the hustle, man. There's a big no. that, that Bulls fans should want to go look at him. Larry's been telling me about it, man. Larry's been telling me about him. I I, I love I love when Larry tells me about little things because like, he's such a basketball junkie that like I love when he tells me about like different things because he knows I'll listen to him. Um, yeah. Because I also into like I'm also kind of a sicko sometimes where I'm randomly looking at stuff. So like I love I, I love the little stuff that he texts me sometimes. Uh, but I do want to shout out about that draft thing that you were talking about. Uh, like Chip Jones and and Ross Finsler, like the way they've set that site up, um, and that the coding and whatever they've done, like like the the way you're describing it. Matt, I don't think there's anything like that out there right now as far as like when you can select. Like you said, the skill set that you're looking for, and then it gives you all the players that fill that skill set, uh, various stuff like that. And especially like if you're somebody that is not like a big draft guy that doesn't know a lot about uh, different um, players, archetypes, and stuff like that, I can imagine that being useful. And hell, I would be, I would not be surprised if there's executives and be executives sneaking onto that site to just to kind of get 
like some notes, some cheat notes, and then that way that they can okay, well, this guy can do this, so let me go look further into this player um, that has these certain skill set. Because there's so many college, like not college, but like just in general, like prospects out there, and you guys cover oh, yeah. every single one of them. And you that man, yeah, you you a Swish theory like is the place to go. Check it out, um, for sure, man. Yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's all a, the love to you guys there. You guys been killing it, absolutely yeah. killing. Appreciate it you, yeah, man. Appreciate y'all, y'all, y'all are actually absolutely destroying it. I'm on it right now, and like I've I've already complimented you guys on just like the UI and just like the visuals before. But yeah, it's so clean. Right. It's really easy to use. It's just it, it definitely is something that you really haven't seen before. So definitely encourage all of our Shout listeners out. to check out uh, Switch Theory. Shout out to Chris Amundsen too. Exactly. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. About our guy Chris. The 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 co uh creator of Switch Theory with with uh Lero. So we can't yes. can't leave him out, man. You gotta show all the love to Chris. Absolutely. Yeah, Chris Shout out Chris, Chris is definitely a big part, man. He's a big part. The, the lawyer. The lawyer. You know? <laughs> y'all are, y'all are grinding, man. So it is it's great to see you guys putting out a, a fantastic product and getting people excited and definitely can't wait to see what you guys have in store for us around uh around draft time, which is sneaking up yes sir sneaking up around there it's, i mean it's almost it's almost the beginning of april so uh that draft coverage is sneaking up but yes check out check out switch theory uh salim you got any final thoughts before we wrap up man oh man that's you know i'm i'm just intrigued to see how this these final uh seven or the final three two uh final two spots in the playoffs ends up because you know, the, if you see the Nets kind of free falling, I mean, I don't know how fall how far they'll end up actually falling, but the Bulls have a good chance to finish seventh because if they can even just finish eighth, I like their odds of beating whoever is in that seventh spot. So, um, again, and I'm I'm getting carried away. I don't want to get too far suckered in again because <laughs> you know I just every time I've done that this season, this team is just. God punched me and told me that, you know, how dare you believe in us? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm starting to drink the, the Kool-Aid a too, little bit too much. So we'll yeah. see though how the, how the season winds out and, and if they can keep continuing uh, to, you know, play the way they've been playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not breaking the uh, the glass with the sea red towel just yet. Um, yeah, I, I do. Right. I, I want to, but um you know, hopefully they keep playing well and hopefully me not uh, going all in is maybe that's like a like one of those uh, superstition things where just I should just stay where I'm at right now and just let them keep playing well and enjoy that. But no, I, I'm, I'm with you. This, this team is playing really well. We got to get them their props and hopefully they can take that into April so we can get more momentum with these uh, next eight games. Uh, this will I mean, we all we know this will obviously decide what uh, happens uh, with the play in and whatnot. So uh, hopefully this team continues that. But that concludes today's Bulls Goal. As always, you can check out our past shows right here on the Barroom Network, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We want to give a quick shout out again to Lero for dropping by again and giving us a great, just giving us this great basketball knowledge. Another great show with him on it. Again, check out Switch Theory. They are doing fantastic things over there. So uh, for Salim Sudarala, I'm Edward Schuler. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, Bulls fans. <laughs>